Money. You can't really get through life without it. Some people use it to define success, others use it to attain freedom. Whatever your motivation, you need to know how to earn it, how to use it, and how to grow it. This is Tilly Money. Our guest today is Vanessa Gray Linden, CEO and founder of Vanessa Megan Naturaceuticals. In 2001, Vanessa was inspired to create her skincare company from a comment by her best friend that you should never put anything on your skin you wouldn't eat. This simple concept motivated extensive research into biochemistry and led Vanessa to the discovery of the multitude of synthetic materials found in the products we use on our bodies every day. Studying the power of natural extracts and oils, she began creating skincare and perfume from natural wild harvest and bioavailable ingredients. 20 years on, Vanessa Megan Skincare Body and Perfumes are trading in premium department stores internationally and boasting the same efficacy results as iconic skincare brands. Additionally, Vanessa launched her home compostable brand with business partner Nicole Kidd on Earth Day 2020 and have been awarded global awards and finalists in Eco Warrior Awards for this brand. Vanessa, welcome to the Tilly Money podcast. Thanks, Maureen. It's nice to have you here. I'm absolutely honoured to be here. Thank That's you. Terrific. Well, look forward to this talk. But Vanessa, before we start, I like that comment about you should never put anything on your skin that you wouldn't eat. Tell us a little bit about that and why did it inspire you to begin this entire organic skincare and perfume line? Yes. Um, look, Maureen, it was a really, um, it was a light bulb moment for me. Uh, my best friend, uh, Mel, who was a uh, who was a lawyer, she was working in a firm in Melbourne and um, we were talking one day and I asked her about um, work and how everything was going and she was telling me about one of her clients who'd had fillers in her laugh lines mm. and it reacted with her skin and she had to have them surgically removed mm. and I was just I just couldn't uh get over that I was like oh my gosh that just it's devastating to think mm. that someone was trying to enhance themselves and and ended up with bigger scars than mm. what the lines were originally there and I said to Mel Mel what should I put on my skin and Mel said, Ness, you should never put anything on your skin that you wouldn't eat. <laughs> yes. yeah. yeah. And it was that one phrase mm. that changed my world forever, really. Mm. And in her death, it changed me even more. So she, uh, she fell ill um, around about 18, 18 months after she mm. told me about this and subsequently passed around six months later. No, thank you. Yeah, like, but you know, I read something once that in uh, that someone was uh, was a biography that the death of someone close to them changed their life forever. Mm. And Mel's passing changed my life forever because when she was ill with cancer, she asked me to be there to help her through some of these times, and uh, I 
went down to Melbourne and she was going to having radio treatment. And as we were walking into the space, there was a sign saying, uh, do not come in if you put mineral oil on your skin. And mm. this was back in 2001. So mm. when you told me this, you should never put anything on your skin that you wouldn't mm -hmm. eat. The next day I was like, that's it. I'm going to buy something that's good enough for my skin, good enough to eat. Um, but there was nothing. So, you know, as a, a farm girl, and we used to do a lot of DIY on our farm, I just started making my own products. Mm. Um, and then as, you know, I went on this journey with Mel, uh, I started getting more and more awareness about the ingredients that we put on our skin mm. and you know, here we are you know in 2001 we're looking at the back of our food for sugar and carbs and fats mm. and the same thing uh, you know I was educating friends and family about what you put on your skin is just mm. the same as what you're putting in your mouth mm. So um, it began a, um, a hobby. It was a hobby of mine for many years before uh, it became a commercial uh, brand. And it was just one of those things that I did, like making a cake. Uh, you know, I was already into herbology and wanted to go down that naturopathy path. And so it made sense that it was just an extension of that. Mm. And uh, and as I started making products and people had skin problems, psoriasis mm. um, or dermatitis, and I knew the ingredients and went down the, the rabbit hole of biochemistry and looking at what oils were good for the skin that were the closest to our own skin sebum. Um, and the other ones, which you think are really lovely, but are very thick and the the, the body can't absorb them as well. Mm. So, um, and I did that for like eight years. Mm. And, uh, and, and it wasn't until um, I finished my uh, hypnotherapy um, certificate and was in my internship when one of my friends asked what I was doing on the weekend and I was making my partner at the time a uh, what is now a rose and calendula day cream because uh, he had psoriasis in his beard and, and his eyebrow mm. and uh, I was making this cream for him and uh, they were like, what are you talking about? And I was like, well, I'm, I'm making a cream, like a face cream mm. and and forgetting that by the, you know, this was in 2008, that I'd been doing this for seven years um, but all of these, all my friends who were, you know, intelligent savvy eastern suburbs of sydney women mm. didn't know what i was talking about so i invited them all over and we made a cream they bought tupperware mm. put it into tupperware containers they took it home they were like oh my gosh my skin's never been better mm. and they came back and i thought gosh you know if they don't know about what we're putting on their skin how many other people out there uh mm need that education so education was extremely strong for me mm. um, especially around Mel's passing and wanting to um, you know that wasn't the cause of her cancer but during her uh, treatment it was uh, it was highly defined mm. and the petrochemicals that are in mineral oil and um, you know the, the more you learn the more you can't unlearn. So uh, I, it was definitely something that I really felt passionate about and wanted to to 
educate more people on. So it was a hobby. I was practicing hypnotherapy and then it, you know, I started off and it just, it, it, it literally it organically took on its own life. And what did you, well, I, I'm totally with you because I know that my husband has had certain times in his life where he suffered from psoriasis and, you know, even red wine can activate psoriasis yeah. apparently, which, you know, upset him terribly. But, but <laughs> um, and so he has a pretty pure diet, but he ended up, he got psoriasis in his scalp and he was using a certain kind of organic shampoo that did not aggravate it, you know, and as long as he looks after what goes in his mouth and what he puts on his skin, you know, he seems to keep something like psoriasis at bay. So I hear you, Vanessa, what, what you're saying, but you've got, so, you know, you had this kind of, I guess, part inspiration too from Mel, you know, something that you wanted to do driven by the loss that you had as well. What did you, how did you take it though? You know, you said you had the Eastern suburbs, ladies, okay, I live in the Eastern suburbs, so I know all about that, um, of Sydney, I should say, Eastern suburbs of Sydney, I presume you mean, and um, what did you do? You had, so they, they were putting creams on, but when did you start getting this idea that I can make a business out of this, you know? Take us through that. Yeah, look, you know, it was, um, I I had a Bachelor of Arts in, in Drama. I, I was a uh, working actor at the time uh, and uh, uh, and I had my uh, hypnosis degree to support the acting career mm -hmm. um, uh, because I had I've always had this duality of the natural healing arts and uh, the performing arts I think you know uh, so I was content in my career mm -hmm. it was never a conscious decision to go mainstream and if, if I was to wake up one day and to do anything I, I would never have thought about that I would have this uh, a commercial skincare brand uh, that is now in the lead, most leading spas in the southern hemisphere uh, mm -hmm. because I just uh, had a passion to go outside the norm mm. and my driving factor and what set this brand apart was that we were one of the first skincare brands to get ACO approval which is food grade certified food grade mm -hmm. which is not easy mm. every ingredient goes through rigorous testing from the seed right through to the growth of the plant to extra extraction. Who grants that, Vanessa? Is that some kind of department or a private body or how do you get uh, that? ACO is the Australian Certified Organic Board yeah. and mm. they are a government body. Um, mm. They audit our lab every year. Uh, so mm. we go through an audit process to be a processor to mm. manufacture. It is the highest grade certification that you can get worldwide yeah i've seen it on products but i've never known very much about it hmm. yes and you'll see it a lot on food hmm. uh, but but it's very difficult to get it in cosmetics because of the preservative system that's hmm. used and i i have had an uncompromising motto in my brand which is that you should never put anything on your skin you wouldn't eat so yes. now, hmm. now 
um, transparency and our pledge to our customers is that. And the reason that I got certified, uh, especially with ACO, is because when I first started um educating people I had nine products mm. and it was just so that people could have something to use in their homes that was going to be good for them and their skin and their children and their partners mm. really? this is a solution to what's out there because there isn't really much out there I was doing everything you know following my career this came in oh my gosh Mm. I could not believe the response that I got. Mm. I was overwhelmed. And, uh, you know, before I knew it, we were in leading health stores um, and I I couldn't keep up with, with the demand. I had a two-bedroom apartment with a little um, sunroom, which was my office. All stock was all out in my lounge room. Within a year of me going out saying, you know, educating, just come on, guys, like there's options. Read the back of your labels. This is what you need to do. Um, it, it, I started the acting became the hobby and the... <laughs> The skincare became the mainstay and, um, you know, I, it, it developed, no pun intended, very organically. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and a lot of my market research was my direct-to-customer communication mm -hmm. that they're like, I'm having problems with, my, with mosquitoes with my child at night. Mm -hmm. Can you create something? And I would formulate um, from my 10 years of... Um, education in biochemistry that I just learned for myself because I'm I, I'm so curious about uh, the nature and and so clear that we can get everything that we need from nature. Mm. It doesn't need to be a, a byproduct of petrol. In fact, it's actually going to be better for you. Mm. Uh, and so and just you know it I and in an in, a, aromatherapy sense too for perfumes so that it's more than a perfume you're getting those um mood enhancers mm. you're using our perfumes that are you know people get stopped in the street all the time because they smell so complex they yes. don't smell like your typical perfume but they don't smell like an essential oil either yes, so, yes. Yeah, it just, uh, you know, it really was, um, it, it wasn't a, a, a strategic plan to have mm -hmm. this as a commercial business. So how did it grow? So you're talking about, you know, in your sunroom, you've got, now you've got a home-based business, you've got boxes, you know, product around you. So where, where was the next step? You know, so you've got a, you've got a business, it's home-based, mm -hmm. there's demand there. Take us through the next step. The next step was moving into mm -hmm. a um, into a warehouse. Mm -hmm. um, I knew that I needed to have the space, and also I needed staff. Mm. So um, I uh, I learned the first thing I learned was how to do MYOB mm. because one thing my dad always taught me was my accounts keep your mm. accounts up to date mm. and I got a great accountant that I could go to mm. um, and I learned that in my apartment I distinctly remember having lessons on how to, to do all that and then I found a warehouse in Marrickville mm. and back in 
oh gosh, when was it, 2010, mm-hmm. uh, there were some great little warehouses around and um, it's the same street that we are now, but it was just a tiny little uh, warehouse that I moved to. Um, I got three staff mm-hmm. and, uh, and the business was away. Mm-hmm. Um, we had a, we had a um, professional space that we worked from and then the next stepping stone was, um, you know, when we got bigger clients and we moved to a larger warehouse, which we are in now um, and uh, have been for about eight years and uh, and just last year got the warehouse behind us. So it's just a, a, a slow expansion. Mm. How did you market it, Vanessa? You know, how did you get that product when you said you've been... You're in stores, you know, whether that be health food stores or, you know, outlets that sell these kind of naturaceuticals. Um, How did you get out there and actively, you know, market to grow that brand awareness? Yeah, I, um, we had, uh, I'll just do that. So to market the products at the very beginning when this was all Mm -hmm. self-funded, I went out and sold the product myself. I emailed, I dropped in, showed the product, left the product for people to see. And um, fortunately, um, it was um, it was taken on board. Mm. We have never had anyone in sales. Mm. That's very rare. My husband comes from a sales background, and when we, we met, he couldn't believe that we didn't ever have anyone in sales. Mm. The great thing is the product did speak for itself. Mm. Um, we were fortunate enough to get it into Rockpool and Catalina, mm. uh, the hand wash and the hand cream. So that almost was our mm. salesperson. Mm. And uh, from that, we got our um, distributor in Hong Kong. They tried the products, tracked us down. Mm. And only now in the last six months, we're going to market with a strategic marketing plan. Mm. And, um, you know, it took me a while to actually realise I had a business too, Maureen. I understand. Mm. You know, it took many years to really... um, to to actually go, I have a business here, and it took some negative uh, experiences uh, with uh, um, a business partner to realize mm. that this is a business that I need to stand in front of and mm. get behind. Because I think when you don't start, a, when you start a business and it happens, it's very fortunate mm. and when you're not relying on it to be your mainstay. But mm. when someone came into my business for a very brief period of time, I gave them half of my business. Mm. And then they turned around and tried to take it away from me. I mm. spent nine months going through a legal battle. Mm. And when I got it back was the moment I stood in front of my business like a bouncer. Mm. And I thought, no one. Yeah. to take this away from me and it gave me the courage to stand up and and to really you know put on my big girl pants mm. and say okay mm. this business has legs if this person's trying to take it away from me they so, must see something, something. In it. <laughs> yes. right yeah. so yeah. 
Um, I think that was the moment that I was like, right, grow up, get get savvy, and mm-hmm. you can really do something here. And um, and fortunately, we had enough stockers, and because we manufacture on site, we could manage we could manage our stock control. Mm-hmm. So we weren't going to a a manufacturer to get the minimum order quantity required. Mm-hmm. Um, and then having to sell within a certain period of time. Yes. You've got some very active dogs there, I think, Vanessa. I'm so sorry. <laughs> no, it gives I love colour. That's <laughs> right. Big dog, big dog lover you have in me. Just very interested to reflect on your experience because, you know, I listened to what you said about the partner. Um, you know, giving it giving tips to people listening to this, you know. When you were when you had those boxes or you were doing your samples, you know, to the women of the eastern suburbs, what have you learned? You know that you know you've had that nine months of arguing with you know a partner that you probably thought when you met it was going to be you know the solution and happy days, and then everyone in business has those kind of experiences. You know that I think there's a thing: never go into business with a friend if you value the friendship. And uh, that's right. What what have you learned along the way? Look, um, gosh, I think the biggest lesson, I have a business partner with another business now and I couldn't have asked for a better business partner. I have someone as well in Vanessa Megan. Um, I'm always very cautious. Mm. Uh, the, The biggest thing that I can say or I would, the advice I would give to someone going to a partnership not necessarily about friendship because when you've got a business and kids and family you generally see the people every day that you're working with more than your friends so if you really like the person it can be a plus Mm. Uh, but as long as the amount of energy and effort you put in they match Mm. and if they don't you know they do it in a different way because it's like a relationship of any sort, you know, where the, like, you know, in your, in your marriage, it's like, well, I did the washing. Well, I did the dishes. Yeah. And you're constantly saying, well, I did more. No, you did more. And you're trying to find that balance of, of feeling that you're not doing it all. Mm-hmm. And if you have met someone that works as hard as you, and it might not be a, a physical hard, they might be a brainiac and do all the numbers and save you all of that side of things it's the person that's going to meet you at the fence Mm. not the fence that you have to constantly jump over to make the partnership work Mm. Mm. that is the best for in a partner I look for somebody who is extremely passionate Mm. about skincare Mm -hmm. about uh time put into the business that they must be dedicated to uh, putting their own effort in rather than just delegating Mm. Uh, for someone who just who is into wellness that Mm. is that is imperative for me um, that they and if they they're not into it they totally understand it Um, and that they're just willing to jump right in and do 
anything that it takes. Mm. And with any business, whether, you know, it's small, medium or large, you need to know that you're surrounded. And, you know, with a partner, I also look at um, all my staff as well because they are my partners in this. Mm. And I don't sit at the top and go, I'm in, I'm mopping floors and, you know, if I can't do it, I can't expect them to do it. Mm. Um, And we, and, you know, everyone's just like, you know, nothing's too hard. It's like, can you go and pick up the lunch? Yep, I'll do it. I'll do it sometimes. But there's an equality that you share, but you're also a leader that they can look up to. Mm. What are the key things? I'm glad you kind of moved into that because I was going to ask you about leadership. What have you learned about leadership through running a business? I've learned that you can be a great leader, but a terrible manager. Mm. (laughs) That's good. Interesting. Yeah. Tell us more. Well, you know, one of the big things that I really look for with anyone that I bring on into the business is strengths and weaknesses. Mm. I'm very aware of my strengths and I'm extremely aware of my weaknesses. And when you can really be objective with your strengths and weaknesses, you allow others to be as well so that you get the right people for the right jobs Mm. so that you don't get, uh, you know, someone whose strengths are in, you know, big strategy doing uh, dispatch, Mm. you know, or vice versa. So I think um, I do, my strengths are in leadership, but my management skills uh, need to be improved, if not managed by somebody else. Mm -hmm. And uh, which is, you know, we've got Jason who who works in here and he's he's great at managing. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, yet big picture strategy, we work really well on Mm -hmm. together. Mm -hmm. Um, And then the rest of the team support um what what needs to be done we just had a meeting today actually about the gaps mm-hmm. and the gaps that we, that need to be filled in a perfect world if we uh you know had endless amounts of money what would we do and it's always really good to fantasize about that so you can know where the gaps are and you go we'd get the this person and the, that person and that person and we'd be awesome yeah um just so that you're aware of it. So if a problem comes up, we can go, yeah, but that's because that that person's not here yet. Mm-hmm. So we understand why that slipped through the gaps. Yeah, no, I hear you. Hmm. What, you know how you, I think you said it was 2001, you know, when that line about um, that was made to you, I think Mel said um, to you about you wouldn't put anything on your face that you wouldn't eat. If you had to go back there, you know, and give yourself some advice, you know, so you take yourself Vanessa now, wind back 20 years and talk to Vanessa then, what would you tell her? You know, like go into business, don't go in yet, be careful. What's kind of a couple of things that that um, that you'd say to, to Vanessa um, at 2000? Yeah, I would say bring on someone in marketing, market mm-hmm. and sales, marketing and sales. Uh, although, although in saying that, um you need to the way we've done things is the reverse of how things are done today Mm. and through that we have got our loyalty 
and efficacy in the brand. So when I see my peers who have seen me work my way to where we are now, the resounding communication they give is you did this the right way. Mm. You did this trial and error. We went to the Dermal Institute. We did the efficacy testing. We did all of these things so that when we went to and what we're doing now, we're going to market with uh, an, a product that has time and testing behind it. Mm. But to answer your question, if I could go back then, I would have said this is this is your lifelong passion. Mm. Get with the program now. Don't mm. wait five years, mm. seven years to believe in yourself so mm. much. Because I and think you said it was 2008 where you really kicked off. So you're saying you would have started there and then in 2000. I actually, 2001 to 2008, I was living in America mm -hmm. and I was 2003 to 2008. And when I came back and I would go, for, well, because from 2009 was when I kind when the business went in more commercial and 2000 and early 2014 was when I settled a court, the court matter. Mm. And mm. so it wasn't, and then I had my two babies mm -hmm. back to back, which was <laughs> 14 and 15. And you've got kids, right? Yep, yep. Throw them into the mix. They're, Throw pregnancy. They're easy. <laughs> but your brain goes to mush and you don't really, yeah. you go, oh, everything's a Fine. It's just plodding mm. along, and it wasn't until I had weaned my son, and it was like the fog lifted. And I remember one day going, "Oh my god, mm. what's been going on here?" Because yeah. you know, and you know, I'm. I guess if I was to go back, I would say in 2010, this is you are worthy, mm. you, and you are going to your ideas are like no one else's embrace that yeah, because self -belief. Hmm. yeah the self-belief uh element i really feel like i've only come into that in the last couple of years hmm. we have to we have to wind up now and i'm sad about saying that because i think we could talk for some time and i'd love to talk to you again vanessa i'd like to talk to you about hearing about your business is great you know there's there's so many interesting questions I could ask you because, you know, you're very real in your responses, you know, even about the difficult situation, you know, in that nine months of battle with a former partner. Mm. I'd love to talk to you about, you know, your understanding of money and what you've learned, you know, about your views on women, you know, there's so many things. So if the opportunity arises, you know. Um, I'd love you know, to do that, Maureen. And, and you know, I, I love one of my greatest joys is to help other women in mm. business mm. because it's not, especially, you know, I call myself an accidental businesswoman. Mm -hmm. It wasn't something that I went out and I planned. Mm. I learned everything that I know through either doing it wrong or, you know, through these, you know, court dealings. Like I feel like I got my MBA in business. Yeah, it's a and, and I'll, 
Mm. I'd gladly come on again and you're amazing and uh, and I know it took us a little bit to get here, but now we can do this again. That sounds great. And you're, you're actually a living great proof of your product because you've got beautiful skin, um, oh, which it must sell itself then when you go out to appointments. But let's plan another date and uh, I wish you all the best and I look forward to speaking to you at another time. Thank you so much for your time, Vanessa, um, on Tilly Money. Thank you so much. Your host this week was Maureen Jordan. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure to subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts. To keep up to date with all of our content, follow us on Instagram at tilly.money. Thanks to Ixon for our intro music.